Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux here with Dave, not necessarily his real name. And Dave, why don't you start off by reading the uh, email you sent, and we'll we'll take it from there. Sure. Um, so first of all, my sincere condolences for the passing of your father. As someone who has been a long admirer of your work, I know what a big impact he had in your life, both positive and negative. The reason I'm writing is because I'm currently in a situation that I believe is similar to the one that your father was in. I too married an attractive narcissistic woman and have multiple children. You're going through a terrible separation where I'm being denied access to my kids, especially now with the coronavirus, and have spent many years in court trying to get access to them. And the reality is that I have to make a decision on staying near them or moving to much greener pastures. Uh, I'm well educated with in-demand knowledge and I'm stuck in a metropolis that I do not like, can barely afford. And whereas I could have the option of living somewhere where I can buy my own place and save some money. So I'm torn. Do I stay here in limbo in order to see the kids whenever she allows me, which is almost never? Or do I move somewhere or do I move elsewhere and hopefully spend a quality few months exclusively with them? This terrible situation is what led me to your show in the first place. And luckily I've been able to do a deep dive into the self-discovery and I'm starting to heal the trauma bonds, which makes the time I spend with the kids much more enjoyable. Uh, if you think it's a worthwhile discussion, please let me know. And here we are. Well, I do, and thank you for your condolences. What is the story of the woman, the mother of your children? How did that, how did you meet her? How did that come about? Uh, so we met in school. Um, it, it was, to be honest, um, the, the it was a love bombing stage. You know, I, I've I've gone through a lot of the literature about borderline and narcissistic, and it it kind of maps directly onto what you would expect the the love bombing stage of of being in a relationship with a borderline would be, uh, where I was put on a pedestal, and you know she was beautiful and you know had all the qualities that I thought I wanted um, and uh, and yeah shortly shortly after you know our child was born um, things just took a terrible turn for the worse um, things became um, physical we had to get the police involved a number of times um, and I was I was just in shock I, I didn't know what to do at the time um, and, and I, we had a, a long separation after that. And then amazingly, we, we, you know, she, she called me again and we ended up getting back together and having another child. Um, and, you know, since then it's been court and, you know, struggling to get access to them and, you know, being financially hurt and being stuck in a place, having to to live somewhere where I don't really want to live. Um, and she ended up actually picking up and, and moving an hour away. So I'm not even close to the kids anymore. Um, and just getting to see them on any kind of regular basis has been pretty much impossible. Um, even with m multiple lawyers, um, you know, multiple court trials uh, it's, it's just become an impossible situation well, and sorry and my about that for sure yeah thank you um and and my struggle is 
you know, I want to have a, a relationship with the kids. Um, but I can see she's already poisoning the well, you know, saying saying bad things, blaming me for things. Um, and I don't know if if it'll be possible to have any kind of normal relationship with them. Um, and so that's, that's why I, I emailed you. It's, um, you know, I, I, I've been a longtime follower and I've, I've listened to a lot of the stories you told about, you know, about your father um, and your mother, which I have tremendous sympathy for. Um, and and I, I can I can see where he's coming from. I, I can sympathize with him. Um, I, I would imagine it was a hard decision for him too. And um, and and yeah, I mean, you know, the alternative looks really good right now. You know. You mean starting something new or moving starting away? Something, yeah, starting something new, getting away from her. Right. Um, she, you know, she just pesters me. She she sends me legal threats all the time. You know, she blames me for, you know, oh, you spent you, you you're spending you're you don't want to have access to them. Um, you don't give me money for this. You don't do this, and it's just so frustrating. Um, and you know, I just ask myself, why do I have to deal with this? You know, I understand that. It, I, I made the choice to, you know, marry her and, and have kids, um, but I didn't make a choice to, you know, I didn't make a suicide pact. No, that's, uh, I mean, that's a very good way of putting it. But sorry, you have more to say, and I'm happy to hear. So go ahead. Yeah, I, I can go through some of the just, um, you know, so I haven't seen the kids really since the coronavirus started. As soon as, as soon as, um, you know, there was word that it was in our country, she cut off access. Um, I've, I've been able to talk with them sometimes when they call, um, although that's not very frequent. Um, and then prior to that, you know, I, I, she, she would also do that where she would just deny me access, and then she would say, "Well, you never asked for access." Uh, meanwhile, we're we're in court the whole time, you know, and just even with court orders, even with these agreements, I just cannot get any kind of consistent access with with them. Um, well, she can not, just keep playing the legal battle to attrition, right? And you know, even if there is, I mean, at the, is she really going to get arrested for denying you access to the kids? Are there any negative consequences to what she's doing? Well, there are if you're a litigious person, right, which I was not um, at the time when I got married and, you know, before my, my um, you know, so, you know, my, my journey into self-discovery, there, the, the, the alternative is you go to court, right, you get your court order. If she doesn't follow the court order, you go back to court, you get the court to um, issue a, a like a code of mis a, a misconduct against her, and then maybe you can get the police to, you know, um, enforce the court order, right? And and you're talking about thousands of dollars in court fees, tens of thousands, probably maybe even up to a hundred thousand, um, and and then still every time you want to see them, it's it's just a battle because 
Well, and then you show up for quality time with your kids with the cops, right? And then, yeah, exactly, right. Um, and and you know, part of my issue was like I, I really had this terrible anxiety, um, and and I had that. I've only started to address that in, in the past year. So when these, when I would get these emails from her where she's threatening legal action, and you know, I'm gonna, I, I would it's so anxious that I, I, I wouldn't even want to see my, I, I didn't even want to open up my emails. You know, it, it was, it, it was that bad, you know, and at that time, the idea of just this prolonged court um, battle was, was terrifying. Um, and then, you know, I wasn't, a, I, I wasn't able to plan anything, right? I, 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 I didn't know what my financial situation was going to be after the court, the court stuff had ended. Um, I, I didn't know where where I wanted to move because, you know, she she, like I mentioned, she picked up one day and just left. Right, I, I moved to the same area where the kids were, and then I discover a month later that she's gone and she moved, you know, an hour away. And so now I'm like, do I? So I'm stuck in this place that I don't want to live in. And, you know, do I move closer to her and change everything, you know, for this hope that maybe I can spend some time, you know, some more time with the kids. Um, yeah, so it's just been this, all this uncertainty, all this anxiety. Um, and it was, you know, it was really tough to deal with. Um, and I'm, I'm still trying to get around it. I, finally, I, you know, and, and. Just one thing I want to say, maybe in, in defense of your father, right, is that um, I found you while I was going through this, right? So I was able to to go through a lot of your call-in shows and, um, you know, and get support in, in that way, right? And then I was able to find a therapist and, and, and do that. But um, if I hadn't, um, I, I think I would have just given up, you know? I, I would have just isolated myself and just, you know, every time she emailed, I would ignore it. And, um, you know, because I, I just didn't have that coping mechanism for that type of anxiety. Well, those kinds of threats are terrifying. That's not an irrational anxiety, right? I get no, that. It, it's, so it's not let's, let's, let's go, sorry, let's go back a little bit further. And I'm not going to ignore your current situation, of course, right? But I'm a one for looking at the deepest point of the lever before we deal with the handle end. So uh, just to give me a sense, if you could, about your upbringing, your childhood, what your parents' relationship was like, how you were disciplined, that kind of stuff. Uh, sure. So I grew up in a very sheltered household. Um, we didn't have really much um, quality time with the parents. We were raised really by by TV and video games and things like that. Um, my father woke up early so that he can pick us up from school. Um, so we went from school to, to home and then to the TV and to the computer. Um, my parents really, I didn't have much of an emotional connection with them. Um, my father is, is, a, is a good man, but he's very passive and um, never really spoke to me about his life or offered any kind of life lessons or any kind of advice or anything like that. So I, I, I thought I knew what I was doing, you know, and um, my, my mom was 
volatile. Um, she, I, I think I wanted her attention, but um, I had siblings as well, and, and I think she was just too busy. So I, I do think there was a lot of neglect in that area. Um, the, the discipline has been mostly um, just they would take away things that we like. There wasn't any kind of crazy di discipline. It's just like, okay, now we're taking away your, your video games so you can't play or things like that. But it, it was, it was uh, kind of a boring upbringing, to be honest. And so, the, and you know, my, my parents um, are still together and they've been together for, you know, 40 plus years. And, and that was kind of my model growing up, right? I, I knew my mom was kind of volatile and my dad just, you know, would come home and, and sit on the TV and just, you know, she would complain about things and he would take it, right? Never complain, never really um, raised his voice back to her, you know, was was just passive. And um, and and she, she did basically what she wanted. Um, and I, I do think her intentions were, were okay. Right, her intentions were were good. Um, I, I just think that she also had bad role models, um, and so I, I didn't really grow up close to my parents. I, I mean, close in the physical sense, like we, we would get together quite often, but not in an emotional sense, like not not really at all. And and so when I first started, you know, dating my ex-wife. I didn't even really think to ask them, you know, what are your thoughts on this? What do you think? I, I didn't really value their their opinion at all. Um, and and looking back, you know, um, partly because I was so sheltered, I, I feel like I was unprepared for just this kind of craziness that exists in the world. Well, um, or prepared a little bit because of your volatile mom. To, to yeah, condition to I, see I, that as like, well, that's just women, right? Women are just, it's like that exactly. hot, crazy matrix and all these stereotypes that, uh, yeah. you know, women are just children and, you know, this kind of stuff and, and all of these stereotypes. Well, they're reinforced to some degree by the actions of moms like yours, maybe moms like mine. But I mean, you know, that's not, that's not all women, of course. But if it's all the women you know, or if it's the woman that uh, you raised you, it's kind of tough to break out of that, right? No, absolutely. I, I, I've normalized crazy in a, in a lot of ways. Um, and then my dad's reaction to crazy was just, you know, to be passive. Um, and that's exactly the, the pattern that I followed. Um, you know, what I think the difference is, you know, my mom it was not at the same degree of crazy as, as my ex-wife was. I think my ex-wife is a little bit you know, probably similar to your mother. Um, although, although she's she's discovered Jesus, so now you know after the the physical assault charge that she had, she kind of uh, turned that around. Um, I think more because she knows what the repercussions of it are, which are which would, might be losing the child. Um, but I, I think if, if she was in a situation where there weren't repercussions, you know, I, I don't know what she would really be capable of. So how did you meet her? And I assume it was her looks that attracted to you in the first place. Were there other things as well? 
Yeah, there, there were. Um, so we met in, in, in university. Um, and yeah, she was absolutely beautiful. Um, and, you know, we were, we were studying a, a challenging program. So she, I thought, you know, she, she was very smart. Um, she had done a degree in psychology, which I think is a red flag. You know, I don't think people generally take psychology unless they, they have issues that they want to investigate. Um, and, and she presented herself well. She, she, you know, was really elegant, dressed really well, um, was very polite and nice and um, yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways was the ideal woman that, that I thought I wanted. And when you sort of look back, other than the psych degree, which, you know, I, I might contest a little, but uh, what else was there that you saw that if you sort of look back, you say, ah, kind of a red flag? Yeah, I mean, there were a lot. So she, she had a, a terrible relationship with her mother. Um, her mother was, was uh, you know, they, they had some real economic problems in their country when, when she was growing up. And, um, you know, she told me some of the details about her, her upbringing. And, then, and it was, you know, it sounded pretty, pretty horrible. Um, and then she would get into these arguments with, with her mother. And, you know, she would threaten to, you know, cut herself or, um, or you know, even even over small things like she, the mother would give a gift for her birthday and she'd be like, oh, this is a, this is too expensive. Why don't you buy me this this crazy gift? And she would blow that up really out of proportion. Um, Wait, she said she would your your wife when you met her, she was having fights with her mother and your wife would say or your future wife would say, I will physically cut myself because I'm so upset. I, yeah, I don't remember the exact details, but it, it was something along those lines. Yeah, and I, I just thought, oh, wow, her mother must be a terrible person, right? Why is she not, uh, why, why is she, she not thinking more about what her daughter wants? Why is she only thinking about what she wants, right? And I, I thought at the time that it would never, she would never do that. You know, I, I thought the mother was just being unreasonable. Um, okay, but, but hang on. She would, she would threaten to cut herself physically. She, she did that once. Wait, I, she I would threaten remember. to cut herself physically, or she did cut herself physically once? No, no, she, she threatened self-harm once when we were dating. That was the only with time you I, or with regards to your mother? No, with regards to her mother. She, 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 told, she reiterated a conversation that she had had with her. Oh, she reported to you that she had threatened self-harm with regards to her mother? Yeah. yeah. How long had you guys been going out at this point? Um... It was probably about six months. And before that, I guess you'd heard about these blobs with her mother. Well, I, I had met her mother a few times, and, and we got along really well. You and her um, mom got along really well. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought she was a, just a wonderful person to, to be around. She was very accomplished and very intelligent, and she really liked me. Um, huh. And... Yeah, was, I, I, I realize now that I, I probably have, um, you know, this, this ability to appease narcissists. <laughs> well, looking back to you, would, would you put that label on her mom? Oh, yeah, absolutely. How so? Uh, well, the, the mom, like I said, is, is very successful. She, she, um, she, she used to run a, a large organization. Um, 
I, I used to see her at, at her workplace and you know she was she was the boss everybody was afraid of her everybody you know listened to everything that she said um, and she just had I mean maybe some of it was deserved but she she did have this um, this this mentality that she was above people right like she she was more capable than others um, and and then the other red flag also was was her father right so her father and her mother kind of split up multiple times um, were living separate but were technically still married and she didn't really have much of a relationship with her father and and the father was also really passive and uh, would basically do whatever the mother asked there was there was no pushback against anything that she said and she asked for whatever she wanted right okay all right and any any other warning signs from early on in your dating life No, it, it was it was a honeymoon phase for for a long time, really until the child was born. Um, and did your wife report any other issues with regards to her own childhood, other than her issues with her mother? Yes, she did. She she had um, some some. Um, she didn't go into details, but I think it was something with a family member when she when she was young. You mean uh, sexual abuse kind of stuff? I believe so. I, I didn't. I didn't ask for details at the time. Yeah, that can certainly do some uh, some harm to the personality structure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's uh, kept silent or not dealt with, or yeah, yeah. And how how when did you find that out in your dating history? Um, it was quite early on, and. Um, you know, my reaction was was just sympathy, right? I, I, I didn't, I didn't really understand that it could have that kind of impact on a personality. So I would, you know, a lot of the, even afterwards, we would argue, and you know, um, I, I always had this kind of sympathy for for her childhood, um, and, and you know, I. Yeah, I, I, I kind of use that as an excuse to, for her actions. Right. Okay. And and did you sort of feel that love would fix it, or like, when? Okay, before you got married, I assume that some of this. You said it was pretty good until you got until you had a baby. Was there anything else, like in terms of interactions with you, that could be a warning sign before you got married? Yeah. So she she does not like my my relatives. My, my sibling or my um, parents. So she would almost never meet with them. Um, and we met pretty often for birthdays and for holidays and stuff like that. And she never wanted to go. Um, she tried to isolate me from my friends and my, my, my family. And you um, know the reasons behind that, right? Yeah, I do now. I, I do now, yeah. Um, at the time, I didn't. At the time, I, I believed a lot of what she was saying. She would say, "Oh, your mother's really controlling, and you know, she's she she's doing this because she wants um, control of, of the the child's upbringing, and you know, you just follow everything that your mother wants." Um, 
and and so I, I believed in a lot of that, and 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 part of it was was true, right? I I, you know, growing up really isolated, I was overly dependent on my my parents, um, and, and so I for a long time thought that my parents were the ones who were um, the the cause of a lot of our problems. And yeah, just for those who don't know, the the answer as to why she wanted to separate you from people was so that they wouldn't see how crazy she was and warn you about her, right? Yeah, right. yeah, that's, it, it's super obvious now. Um, because my, you know, my family in, in public, like they, they have um, this real desire to, to, to portray um, a great public image, yeah, right? Yeah. And, um, and I think she, she took advantage of that. And, and you know, in public, my, my, my family would seem like the ideal family, you know. And so there was never any reason, really, for her to have this, have such animosity towards them. Right. 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 Okay. So then you get married. And how long after you get married do you have your first child? Uh, it was about a year after. And then you said things really went off the rails? And then things went really off the rails. Yeah. Was it like postpartum depression or like what happened then? Uh, a lot of people had, had mentioned that to, to me. Um, but it continued for well after the period of, of postpartum, where postpartum depression usually ends. Um, but she would just snap at anything. Um, I remember she was talking to customer service one day and she just started yelling at them. And I was like, what's wrong with you? It's just, you know, customer service for whatever. Um, and, and these things just kept escalating. And then, and then, you know, she, she turned violent and I was just completely shocked. Um, and you know, all the neighbors knew, you know, just heard all this yelling and all this commotion and, you know, the police, the police got involved. Um, and then, um, the police ended up giving her a, um, um, what's it called where you, you, you can't be in a, in the vicinity of somebody for a certain period oh, of time. Uh, restraining order? Restraining order. So, so we had a, a long break because of a restraining order. Um, and it wasn't something that I, I wanted. Like I, I Throughout this whole time, I kind of, I guess, had the characteristics of my father where, you know, you're in it for the long haul, right? Like, this is, you know, you just have to be strong enough to, to, to be able to fix it. Um, so I, I didn't want that at the time. Um, but, but yeah, so, so, so she, she got the restraining order and then... Uh, we started court after the first child, and you know that was just just a terrible, terrible experience. Um, oh, the, the court was that related to the domestic abuse, or was that something else? No, it was related to the child. So we she she started um, procedures to to get access to the child because. Um, it, we didn't have an agreement, and there was no way we were going to come to an agreement. Oh, so so sorry. After the, I'm just trying to sort of follow the pattern here. So after the physical abuse, when you called the cops, I guess, and she was charged, and then she got the restraining order, and after that, was that the marriage was done at that point? Uh, the marriage was done at the time, 
Um, so she had the restraining order. Um, so we didn't see each other for a year, or I mean, mostly didn't see each other for a year, except for exchanges of a child. And um, I, I, I didn't know if the marriage, I mean, the marriage, you know, in retrospect was obviously over. Um, I kind of thought that it was it was um, a, a domestic disturbance that you know we, we could have overcome for the benefit of the child. Did she? Um, I mean, what were the consequences of the assault? I mean, did she anger management or or like anything go like that? Um, I don't, be, I don't believe she had anger management. I think they just dropped it, and they just gave her a restraining order. Huh. Um, yeah, but then, but then we had children's aid involved also, um, and that, and that was also very painful. And um, was uh, that based upon how she was treating your child, or? I, I think that's just standard protocol, where if, if the, the police are called during a ah, domestic. Okay. Salt, yeah. uh, and then just the number of lies, like, oh, you know, all of a sudden I became the worst person in the world, incapable of, of being near a child, and it was just, you know, walking on eggshells this whole time, and then I would just get just swamped with all these emails, and I, I would just, you know, I just didn't know what to do. Right, right. Well, I mean, if, if, you, if she doesn't really suffer any consequences for hitting you, it's hard to imagine how she'd suffer consequences for false statements. No, absolutely. She, she's had basically no consequences for, for any, anything, any wrong that she's done, which is why she's able to just continue. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a ter terrifying thought. I was thinking about this with regards to my own father, of course, that I always say power corrupts, right? And, and women have been handed such unjust powers with regards to the family court system and the general, you know, gynocentric nature of the, quote, legal system, that for them to abuse that power, well, you know, human beings can't handle power. It's a system that gives women this much power, and I think corrupts them through that process. Again, it's kind of like saying that somebody who works at a Soviet factory in 1960 is just lazy, as opposed to, well, the incentives are all screwed up, and uh, you, you, can't, you can't get ahead. So, I don't know, it's, with regards to female responsibility, if I'm going to say political power corrupts people, then I do have to say that political power or legal power in the form of uh, female preferential family courts, that is going to corrupt people and you can't just blame the individual. I mean, it'd be nice if they didn't take advantage of that power and lots of women don't, but the power exists and for an unstable personality, it, it obviously can be pretty addictive, right? No, absolutely. Um, and, and she was very good at playing the victim. Sure, yeah. So she, she would go into court and, oh, I'm Poor me, poor me. And, you know, the judges were always sympathetic, you know. Um, doesn't matter how, how good my, 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 my documents were, how good my case was. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it all depends on, on the judge, you know. Now, tell me then how you guys ended up getting back together and having the second child? Um, so, so we ended up meeting... Um, after the the restraining order was was um, done, and and we had a kind of a lull in our case, and 
so we, we ended up meeting, I think it was over, um, you know, um, exchanging of the child. And she said she had told me at the time that, you know, she had gone through therapy and she understood how, how much her, her mother had an impact on her and how she um, you know, was making changes because of that. And you know, she didn't want things to get so bad. Um, and, you know, I was I was still in, in shock at the time. You know, I, I, I didn't know what to do. Um, and I still want, you know, I still had this mentality that, you know, I got to make this work, right? Like I, I've come from a family where, you know, we, like my grandparents were married for 60 years, right? Like, like that's just, they, they took their vows seriously, right? Um, and um, so I, I was kind of happy to, to try again. Do you know why she circled back to try and restart things? My my understanding is that that's a that's a common pattern for the borderlines and and our, our narcissists. Um, they they want to always maintain control of their you know, quote unquote victim. Um, but I, I don't know to be honest. Like aside from that, um, she's she's very attractive. She she could have you know she was. Um, she she had financial means. She could have done a lot of different things. I don't know. Okay, so she said she'd gone to therapy. Do, do you know if she did, or she might have just said that? Uh, I believe she did. She's been going to a therapist for for a while, um, although you know, arguably with no results. But um, I, I believe she may have. Um, but but again, she's been in therapy before. She she studied psychology. She she had mentioned that she was in therapy. That's probably another you know red flag. Um, so I she she may have gone through therapy, or at least I believed it at the time. So you get back together with her, and do things go relatively well? Things things went relatively well. Um, we we moved back in. Um, she, she said that things were going better because, you know, the interaction with our relatives was, was minimal. Um, and then when things went south again, so we ended up moving back together Then we had another child to the surprise of my parents, um, and my, my family and, and things were, were kind of okay. It, it was really this wild, you know, where it went from one extreme to another. But but the, but when it was good, it, it was it was great. Right? Well, and it's um, funny, isn't it? Funny. I mean, I don't mean funny, obviously, but isn't it strange how crazy people can act sane for a fairly long period of time? No, absolutely. I mean, and it's I, a wild I, thing. Like, why not just keep doing that? You know, why not just keep doing the thing that's sane? If you can yeah, do it, do it. Absolutely, and I, I've gotten that from from your show because I know you mentioned that quite often, and I brought that up to her. I'm like. Look, you know, we, we get company, and now you act like, like a proper, uh, you know, human, right? Like you know how to behave, so so why don't you behave like that all the time? Um, yeah, that was that was really frustrating. That's something I still I still don't understand. It's a strange thing, right? I mean, I have this odd thought from time to time. Uh, there's an old movie called What's Eating Gilbert Grape with Johnny Depp and a very young Leonardo DiCaprio. And Leonardo DiCaprio plays 
uh, somebody who's mentally retarded, right? And I don't know, it's just, a, it's, a, it's a dumb thought, but it sort of circles around my head once or twice a year, which is, you know, what if, what if somebody was not mentally retarded, but was just doing a great job of acting that way their whole life? Mm-hmm. Like, you'd never know, right? You'd never know, because I don't yeah. know if there's any particular brain test where you say, aha, you're faking it or whatever. Like, like you were just a great actor. You just say, you know, for whatever reason, you want to avoid responsibility or there's some pathology or like you're just going to act that way your whole life. And it's going to be such a convincing performance that everybody and, and yet you weren't. Right. And I think the reason it floats around in my head is this kind of thing that, you know, crazy people can can really act sane. Like, you know, yeah. you and I, if we were paid a million bucks, we could act crazy for a day, right? I mean, we could put that, you know, I mean, we, we certainly had some experience in observing it, right? We could we no, could do that for a day. But, and, and, you know, you give people a million bucks, they can act sane for a day, probably. You know, like, you know schizophrenics can't, people who are going through psychotic breaks can't, and I, I get all of that, right? Uh, but but they can they can fake it, and why not fake it till you make it? Like, why not just, I was to say, yeah, same thing with my mom, right? She would um, perk up and be fine when, when visitors came or knock at the door or phone phone call comes in and boom, right changes. It's like, well, why not? Why not just keep doing that? It kind of works. Yeah. And, and my, my mother was similar, although not to the same degree, but like no matter what was happening in the house at the time, when somebody called, she would, hello, so glad to hear from you. And just put on this, um, you know, this persona, right? That was different from what, what she just was. Um, and I always saw it, you know, the, the contrast between, you know, how she was a minute ago and how she was when she picked up the phone. And and I get, but it, you know, on the other side of the phone, they they probably think, oh, they're t- they're calling, you know, the super friendliest person in the world all the time, and she's always in a good mood. And, um, yeah, it, it is it is wild to think. I think I think it goes something like this. I mean, I don't know, obviously, but I think it goes something like this: that it's all about power. It's all about power, and so the degree to which they're acting nice is the degree to which they're building up resentment at having to submit and conform to somebody who has power over them. So, Mm. you know, like the old story that the boss yells at the husband, the husband yells at the wife, the wife yells at the kid, and the kid kicks the cat, right? It's going to roll this uh, this crap, rolls downhill. And I think with with people who act nice, they, they don't want to act nice. But they feel and they but they feel bullied and humiliated into acting nice. But what that does is it builds up that resentment. And then the moment that door closes and they don't have to be nice anymore, they have to reestablish their sense of personal power by bullying someone else. And yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's probably not the most sophisticated explanation, but uh, that's all I've been able to kind of summon so far. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know either. Um, I, I raised that with her. I wanted to find out like if it's if, if you're capable of being like this, like why aren't you like this more often? You know, um, but I yeah, it's it's a it's a mystery, and, and that's and that's even harder, right? Because when you when you try to tell other people about about the situation that you're going through, people don't believe it because they see. They see something different, right? They they see this alternate persona. Well, and um, and because she's so good looking, right? There's that particular aspect of things as well. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. And then she plays the victim, so you know she'll she'll cry about things, and you know nobody would suspect that she's really the one, you know, causing a lot of the problems. 
Right, right. Okay, okay. So then you get the second kid, and then what happens? Um, and then again, you know, like we, we have more problems. Um, she, she'll kick me out of the house. Um, she'll pack up all my stuff. She'll, you know, I remember one day I, I, she just would knock on the door all night, you know, just trying to keep me awake so I didn't go out. I mean, I mean so I didn't go to sleep. Um, and it, she would, I remember one time she, she she took the baby, the baby must have been one, and, and she just like threw, threw her on me and she was like, here, it's your turn now. And the baby's just sitting there crying. I'm like, the baby needs the mother, you know, like, what are you doing? And she just let the child cry for, for, I don't remember how long, an hour maybe. And I'm like, this is, you know, this is not, like, I, I can't do this. You know, I, I, I'm, I don't know what to do. I, I don't want to be in this room with this unstable person. And now I, I'm in the room with the unstable person. And now I have to be, play the mother too, because, you know, the mother's refusing to play that role. Um, and, and it just got to this terrible situation where um, I think, I'm trying to remember, um, I ended up leaving. So I was paying the rent for, for a place and then I ended up leaving and um, she continued to stay there, refused to pay rent. You know, we had this big thing with the landlord. Um, and, and then one day she just, you know, I moved to that same area and then the next month she's she picked up and, and moved somewhere else, took the child out of out of school, moved schools without telling me. Um, and and yeah, so then I was I was stuck in this place that I didn't want to be at. And she was she was gone. Um, and and we were we had, you know, and, and what was what was interesting is that we before that we had 50-50 reign uh, custody of the child, right? And then when she took the child away, I, I wasn't, you know, she took the, she took the car also uh, because we were trying to remediate that through the court and, you know, she had no reason to settle anything. Um, so she took, she had, she had access to the car and I was stuck far away, um, an hour, an hour, an hour commute. And, uh, and yeah, and we and we had and and every time and the other the other, you know, really frustrating thing was that every time like when when things were okay, she she would be acting okay, and then the minute that you know her mood changed, um, then it's you know that's it. I'm, she emails the lawyers, she'll email the court, she'll um, you know just go really like the mo the nastiest things you can think about. She put videos of me on YouTube that were really embarrassing um she would email people to 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 try to to hurt my reputation um yeah and it was it was just this up and down for a long time and then you know stupid me would forget about those things and then she would act really nice and you know we would go somewhere with the, with the child and you know it's like oh maybe this maybe this can work you know and then just i just went through this cycle for for years um and and yeah and i while i you know while i'm going through this while while i'm having these breakups um you know i'm trying to learn what's going on right so i was going to therapy i was doing talk talk therapy um you know i was trying to 
delve into psychology also and and under, and then understand how I got into this situation, right? Because there were no indications earlier in my life that I would be in this kind of crazy, you know, I, it was beyond anything that I ever expected or, or was capable of handling. Um, and so I had to try to build myself up so that I was, I was capable of it. Um, but, but yeah, it, it went on for years. It, it was the same kind of pattern, right? And, and we were in court many, many times and we would put it on hold. And then, you know, when she got sufficiently angry, she would threaten court again and then we'd go back to court and then she would, you know, withhold access to the child, to the children. And then, you know, I, I eventually had to retain a lawyer because my anxiety didn't allow me to deal with it. And, you know, unfortunately, these lawyers are all, you know, I can't say I ha I've had a, a, a even a neutral experience. I mean, it's just been disaster after disaster. And, and I'm there, right, you know, just spending crazy amounts of money to try to see my kids. She's just delaying it, right, as much as possible. Just like you said, a war of attrition. Um, and, you know, I, eventually I, I I had to make a, a choice, right? Because I, I was eight months into a new lawyer, right? And it didn't look like we were getting anywhere. And I've already paid a crazy amount of money for the, the terrible service that I got. I'm like, I, I just can't do this, right? I'm gonna try to represent myself. Um, and, and, you know, I just have to, you know, accept that I'm, I'm not gonna spend the amount of time that I, I wanted with my kids. Like it's as much as I would have wanted to, right? There, there was just, it, she was making it completely impossible, you know, aided by the court system and, and everything else. How much money do you think you spent on lawyers? Oh, it was, I mean, I, I was lucky because I went, I, 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 um, I was self-represented for a good period. But I would say easily forty, fifty thousand, maybe more. Wow. Um, and I could, it, you know, if I had to go through to the end, I e easily could have spent a hundred and a hundred, hundred fifty, right? If it, to go through trial now, um, in some places, it will cost you a minimum a hundred thousand. And, and that I'm would just, be uh, over and above what you'd spent already, right? Over and above what I had spent already. It costs yeah. about as much to raise a child as it does to try and see your child. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I knew it was just wasted money, right? Like I, I, I had to try, but I, I, I didn't, I, I knew that I was, you know, David against Goliath, right? Um, and, but th there was just a point where it's like, uh, you, you have to take your loss, you know? Uh, sunk it's, it, it was a sunk cost at that point um, because in order to keep going, I, I would have, you know, I, I was, it was a choice. Either I, I bankrupt myself or um, I just accept, accept the situation that it, as it is and try to get on with my life. And how long since you last saw your kids? Uh, so it was when the coronavirus. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry, you mentioned that. And before that, how often were you seeing them? Um, well, it would be whenever she wanted, whenever she wanted. I would almost never have access without her present. 
Um, and then she would make it as difficult as possible. So if I wanted to to spend uh, overnight with the child, I would have to commute with, with the child an hour, drop her off at school, and then commute back another hour, and then go pick her up by three, because again, she didn't want my parents to, or my, any of my family to, to, to help me, or to be part of the children's lives at all. So I would have to go there myself, because I knew if, if anybody else would go pick her up, then that would be it. Um, and, and so that was unsustainable, because you know that meant I had to work five hours a day, you know, for, in order to, to compensate for the four hours of commute. Um, and then she moved to a, a really expensive area that I, I couldn't afford anyways. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was, I was between a rock and a hard place. I, I didn't know, I, I didn't know what, what I was, and, and I didn't really have anyone around me at the time that I could go to advice for on this kind of stuff, you know, because. Well, and, and what advice could have been given you? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, like I, I know my parents were, would, would, were totally unprepared for this kind of thing, right? So that I knew there was no point of even really talking with them about it. Um, well, what do you think they would have said? Well, you know, my, my mom, of course, because, you know, she, she wants to save face, she would say, you know, just give it another try. You know, maybe it's, uh, she's the one who always said, oh, maybe it's postpartum depression. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And, and so she really, she, she, she really wanted it to, to, to work together. Right. Um, and I remember one of my siblings at one point said, hey, you know, um, like we know you're going through a lot, you know, if, if just just leave her, man, just. Uh, and and that was really the, the first advice I had gotten from that sibling. And was just leave her. Yeah, like he saw what I was going through and, and he saw, you know, like I couldn't take any, like, you know, we're here for you. Just just leave her. You'll be fine. And, uh, yeah, it was nice. It was nice to know that you know, and I know they are. They 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 were there. They they are there for me. Um, and but I, I still didn't know what the right thing to do was, because I I knew that I I would have suffered greatly if just to have any kind of normal access with my kids. Um, but I, I didn't want to give up on that. But but hang on, how how could you have gotten normal access to your kids? I mean, as you say, the court case is horrendous, is time consuming, and there's no certain outcome. It's ridiculously expensive and all that. So is there's no methodology that I can see that would have resulted in you having some sort of regular access to your kids. Yeah, the the only way I would have had it would have been to go along with with her charade. You know, similar to what her father had done, and and just allow the mother to go crazy, and basically suffer and ignore it. Well, no, but it's a little different though, because you have physical violence, which your mother doesn't perpetrate against your father, right? No, no, I mean, I mean, her parents. Sorry, um, her parent, her parents. Oh, do what her dad did, which is just 
suck it up, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, on right. and off. But then, of, then of course, what you're doing is you're you're programming your children that abusers win, that good people get ground down and beaten up, and and they can't ever stand up or do anything, or like that. That that's unfortunately the message that you would be then transmitting to your kids, right? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, then the other thing too is that I don't know how it works, male to female, but from what I've uh, what I understand, female to male, is that if you like, if the woman breaks the man, so to speak, then she gets bored and has an affair. So even that might not be even even if that was some sort of emotionally or parentally practical solution, it might not shake out to have lasted to to last in the long run. If that makes sense. No, absolutely, and and I was always suspicious of that too um I, n I never had any evidence of it but um yeah i knew that was a possibility too right right and so I, I still don't have a clear sense unless i've missed it but i still don't have a clear sense of how much time you've actually spent with your kids over the last couple of years um well uh, that's that's, it's a it's a hard question to answer because when when things were okay, right? When we were on when we had a more or less um, amicable relationship, I would go over. You know, I would see them sometimes on weekdays, on weekends. Um, we would go we would go places with them, um, but it was it was really up to her discretion. So I, I would say in the last few years, um, you know, maybe maybe in total four months. Over the last couple of years. Yeah. Now, does that does that count the time that you and your ex were still under the same roof? Yeah. Okay, but outside of that, right? Since since you moved out, do you see them once a week, once a month? I mean. So, so before, before this, this pandemic, um, yeah, it was probably like, you know, I would go there, spend a few hours with them. Um, and that's it. Or we'd go to the park near, near where she lives. And, and, and that was it. You know, I couldn't spend Christmas with my, with my family, with my kids. I couldn't go to, you know, uh, weddings or, or anything like that. It was, you know, it was terrible. I, I didn't have any control of that situation at all. And and she would kind of promise, well, you know, if things get better and blah, 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 then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go with, uh, I'll let the kids visit them once in a while. And and sometimes she would go over to my grandparents' house for, for an hour or two. Um, I don't know why, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it, it, like access has been been minimal, you know, um, and I, I don't know how it's going to get better, if it's going to get better. Right, right. Yeah, no, and and I mean, I just I was thinking about this before before the call, right, about my own dad, right, because this is one of the connections that we have, right, is that you feel, and I think there's some reality to it that you're in a similar situation to my dad which is so uh, you know many years ago 
a friend of mine was complaining to me about his wife and asked me my opinion. And I'm always kind of delicate with this stuff. Um, you know, you, you never know, right? And I said, oh, you know, she can be a little harsh or she can, you know, sometimes it seems like she's kind of peremptory or, or doesn't listen as well as maybe she could or whatever. You know, it was just pretty mild stuff, right? Anyway, so of course, the next time he had a fight with his wife, he said, you know, you, you know who else thinks you're a real bitch? <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then it's like, oh, great. So now we had this friendship. It's, it's not a friend of mine anymore. We had this friendship for like, I mean, I knew the guy for 20 years, right? And then, you know, to, to score some stupid point with his wife, he drags me into it, misrepresents what I said. And then what? Am I supposed to sit down with his wife and say, no, that's not really what I said and get like, get in, I'm, I'm not, I'm not stepping into that quagmire. Like, sorry. Right. Yeah. And, no, and so, I you know, it all just kind of fell apart. I mean, I mean, and I, I did think about it. Oh, I should sit down and chat. And, and, and I was just like, part of me was like, oh, forget it. You know, like they, they can sort it out. Good luck. You know, but but he took a private conversation and, you know, blurted it out with his wife. And uh, and then what? Right. Yeah. And so and the reason I'm bringing that up is because it struck me that when I wrote to my dad and told him what had happened with my mother, that he may have had a similar concern. In other words, I think, I mean, I thought for a long time, well, you know, I was an adult, so therefore it wasn't like my mom could go after him for something to do with access because at that point I was in my late twi- mid to late 20s or something, right? Yeah. And you know, I was in my early 30s, in fact, in early 30s the last time. And so, but, but here's the thing, though. I wonder if his concern, if he'd had enough of the kind of horrors that you've gone through, I wonder if his concern was like, oh, great. So now, you know, let's say that I agree with my son or I listen to my son or I listen to how bad his mom was or anything like that. And let's say that this somehow gets back to my ex-wife. Now, it's like, okay, well, she's an adult. Like, I don't know. What could she do? Can she maybe sue him? I, like, I don't know. Right? Maybe the, the, these legal threats stop pouring in like this. So maybe uh, it was just the, the kind of scar tissue from the early dealings that even as an adult, you can't tell the truth, even when your kids become an adult, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's, I think, where, where him and I kind of diverge. I, 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 I can't relate to that, you know, and, and maybe it's, like yeah, maybe like you said, he he was just beaten down so bad and didn't really have that support, you know, any kind of support around him. Um, and because I I see it with with her father, right? He he's kind of a shell of of a man. Um, and and I I don't and and it's not he's not capable of changing, right? She'll talk to him maybe once a year, and she'll say, oh, I have a great relationship with my father, and and they'll talk on on her, his birthday and her birthday, and. You know, I, I cannot see him being ever active, even though he probably would want to be, right? Like, I, I see him as a good person, but I, it just seemed like he was so battered down. Um, and, and I guess maybe fortunately, I, I never got to that degree for, for whatever reason, you know, maybe just luck, maybe just, you know, having, having resources, um, having curiosity to try to understand, you know, how I got into that situation in the first place. Um, but I, I can see people going down that kind of road um, and just not knowing how to handle it and just, you know, isolating and, and, um, and, and, and withdrawing, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, no, it does. And I, I, I'm not trying to make this about me. I, I mean, I, I'm really not. I'm just looking down the road, right? Because cause here's the problem. I mean, as you know, right, for this, this kind of situation is you can't be honest with your kids. Yeah. Right, because they, they go and spill to the mom. And you're no, in you're in shit, right? Yeah, yeah. I see it. I see it already. Everything that my 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 kids um, say, or everything I do with them, even if even if it's only for an hour, they they report everything to the mother. You know, and and they're scared of telling me anything. Well, and they say, "Why haven't we seen you for a while?" Right? Or if they were to say that, I mean, what can you say? Your mom's keeping you from me. She keeps threatening me with lawyers. I mean, what happens then when they tell her that? Yeah, yeah, they they don't understand that. And then once they go back to the house, the story becomes, well, he doesn't want to spend time with you. I offer all the time access and, you know, he's too busy and, and who knows, right? Um, but I, I see that already starting. Um, and, and, and it's been going on for, for, for a while. And, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to combat that except by just being honest, right? except by trying to be a role model for them and trying to be truthful. Um, but it, again, it, it's that's something that I've, I've really had to to develop too, right? Um, and that, that's that's come over the last few years of, of real intense um, seeking of knowledge. And, you know, I, I, I think now I handle the situation completely differently than, than what I used to. Before, I, I was just so down and hopeless that I, I you know, did, uh, I, I, I didn't, didn't even know if, you know, I, I would see the kids, but it wouldn't be, it, it, it was, I had this cloud of all this anxiety and all this um, uncertainty around me that I, did, I wasn't able to enjoy spending time with them um, like I do now. Right now, I've kind of overcome that, and now I, I I can tune out the rest of the world when I see them, and and it's great. But before, it was just you know you you, you spend time with the kids, and you have her just constantly you know messaging you or emailing you or calling you, and it's like this this isn't quality time. Oh, so me? even while you were there, she'd be pinging you with various things. Oh, for sure. I would get uh, easily. I can get twenty e emails. Why are you not answering? You know, I want to speak to the child right now. Um, and then she she would just go on and on. So now, very destructive interference in that, right? Yeah, I mean, now I, I I can ignore it and and not worry. Partly because I know the consequences of, you know, at the time I thought, well, you know, I have to reply right away, or this will look bad in court, right? Um, and maybe it'll they'll rule against me because I I didn't answer her call or whatever and, and now that i understand basically the repercussions are, are basically zero for almost every, anything you do in, in in our legal system um i don't have that concern anymore right 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 um and your, your kids are still young very young right they're still young yeah. right right so I mean, there are three choices, as you know, right? I mean, this doesn't tell you which to do, which, of course, I can't tell you to do, right? And and wouldn't make any sense. Uh, I would never have that expertise and wouldn't do you any good even if I did. But the three choices are fight the legal battle, continue status quo, or abandon ship, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, fighting legal battles seems to be off the table, and I think you've got good reasons to be uh, pretty suspicious about that, given what you've experienced and the expense and and all of that. And I've known I've known some guys. I've known men who've just had to abandon that that process, and and I can understand why. I mean, you're looking at, as you say, hundred hundred and fifty two hundred thousand dollars, an uncertain outcome, um, lots of stress, uh, and uh, bad bad for the kids. And uh, you know, it's just it's it's not it's not a good system at all. It is not the system that, that should exist, but it is a system that has power over us at the moment. So, you know, take the legal thing off, then it's, you know, continue the status quo or um, abandon ship. Abandon ship meaning like, you know, hope that you can uh, um, get get in touch with them when they get older, uh, but uh, um, go and start your life anew, right? Yeah, or, you know, I, I don't know if I'll ever get to get an agreement with her um, outside of the court, but, you know, best best case in that situation would be like, you know, okay, you know, during school years, they can they can stay with you, and then summers and, and Christmas break or whatever, they can come with me, right? And at least then I would have uninterrupted time with, with the kids. Right. But um, it doesn't seem too likely that she's going to give you much uninterrupted time with the kids, right? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem likely at all. Right, and of course you don't know how long this coronavirus interruption, at least in the mind of your wife, is going to continue, right? She might just say, "Oh no, no, I'm still worried about it," or "I don't know where you've been," and kids are vulnerable, and, and like there could be any number of things that she would use with regards to this current pandemic as a way of in a sense, denying you access, right? No, absolutely. I, I've given up hope on, on really spending any quality time with them during this. Well, but the during the during is, is a question. Is a question during what, right? I mean, who knows when, when I mean, this is never going to end, right? In terms of coronavirus, is always going to be with us, right? And so yeah. who knows what, you know, it's not like uh, they're going to mandate opening up the economy and your ex-wife is going to be like, yeah, sounds great. Okay, it's over, so let's return to normal, right? She could drag it out as long as she wants, right? Oh, for sure. And that's been her strategy. It's like just keep status quo for as long as possible um, and then force me to to lift, to go through these tremendous hurdles to try to see them. Now, where does she get the money for all this? Uh, so so her, her parents... Mostly. Oh, so the mom you got along with is funding her legal garbage, right? Yeah, as, as far as I can tell, I, I don't. Does she it's work? Hard to, um, she's not working right now. She's with the kids. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if she, how long she can go on like this. Maybe indefinitely. Well, I mean, I assume you're kicking in some cash too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, things have been uncertain with 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 everything because, you know, if we do have to settle and I do have to split assets and, you know, pay alimony and all this other stuff, it's just like I I don't know what. I, I don't, you know. Again, that's that's up to the court or to decide, or up to the judge. So you guys haven't uh, figured out anything with regards to your longer-term obligations is that right we we have something in place right now but um 
it doesn't cover they're they're outdated and they don't cover a lot of things. And and then plus, I mean, even if I get one, uh, a settlement, you know, a settlement, or I, I don't have any belief, I, I don't have any faith that she's gonna follow it. Right, right. So, if the option then sort of arises, or you can mull over the option of starting again. Right. Or I'm going to say starting again necessarily, but saying, you know, man, look, I, I gave it a shot. I, I've got documentation in case my kids ever ask. Uh, I've really given it a good, honest shot, but there's no possibility for me to be a father in this situation. I'm too bullied. I'm too controlled. I'm too vulnerable. I'm too stressed. Uh, she holds all the cards. And, you know, you really can't have a relationship with people who are going to fight dirty. You just can't. You just no. can't. Like any more than you can play tennis with people who also show up with a gun. I mean, yeah, it, it may be she, something, but it ain't tennis, right? And so yeah, you, you she, can't, if, if she's willing to deny access, to interfere, to threaten, to, like, she's just fighting so dirty that you, you mean, you can't, you can't win. Now you can say, oh, well, I'm just going to go fight even dirtier, but um, you don't have a, a mom or a dad funding every all your bills. And, you know, you have a, obviously a conscience and, and, and you've gone through a lot of self-work. So uh, it's, you know, it's certainly questionable as to how dirty a fight you could get involved in. And I'm not saying that would be a good thing either because it's one thing for you to fight dirty with your wife, but when there are kids involved as well, it becomes a whole other situation, right? No, absolutely. Yeah. And I know any resources we waste on, on, on court battles is, is ultimately coming out of, coming off, away from them, right? Yes, so I, quite right. Quite right. Quite right. So what is... Is there what what are the what is the case against jumping ship? I mean, other other than obviously you want to spend time with your with your kids and all that, but that doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon, and it's been pretty spotty. Like outside of actually being under the same roof as you were with your wife when you had your first kid, when you had your second kid, but outside of that, it's pretty spotty, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that that's the only thing really keeping me i mean I, you but know, you, you can't i mean you can't be a dad as far as i understand it in this situation because being a dad is kind of like a more constant thing i mean being a high pressure babysitter not that the high pressure is coming from you but it's kind of a you know babysitters are just come and go right it's not this emotional intensity and legal threats and stuff like that but being a babysitter is not the same as being a dad and you know it's conceivable of course that babysitters are seeing your kids more than you are right oh for sure Everybody's seeing the kids more than I am right now. So if you can't be a dad, and if you can't be honest with them, and if you can't tell them what's going on, and if you can't reason with your wife, and if you can't go to court, what is, again, with all due respect and massive sympathy for the emotional difficulty, but I have, you know, a pretty iceberg-hearted practical streak to myself. And so if I can't do something, I won't pretend to do it. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what I've been. That, that's kind of how I've been the last, you know, so many months. It's like I, I know I can't do anything. I'll make the best of what what is the situation that I have now. But you know, ultimately, I'm I'm stagnant, right? I'm in limbo. Um, I I can live in a more exotic place or more interesting place or you know make more money. Um, well, and also start to open up your heart. To yeah. a new 
uh, to a new, a potentially a new relationship with all the wisdom that you've gained from this horrible and bitter process, right? It's It seems to me, especially if you listen to this show, you're doing this kind of work, it seems extraordinarily unlikely that you would end up making this mistake again, right? No, absolutely. I, I so that, that's one of the big lessons that I, I had to learn was um, just creating boundaries. I know you've talked about that extensively. And and I basically had no boundaries um, initially. And, and now I have really solid boundaries like that won't, will never be um, preached again. But you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, in a lot of ways, the, the, this situation has made me a much stronger person. Um, and, well, and sometimes I, you can't get to the good people without going through the bad people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So from a sheer practical standpoint, again, outside of the obvious love and devotion that you have for your children and so on, if you can't be a dad in the current situation, but I assume you became a father because you wanted to be a father, then yeah. there's a fairly decent case to be made for abandoning ship and striking out and you know with great regret with great sorrow knowing that it's not your fault again I'm, i know i'm only hearing one side of the story here but you know i'm just going to go with you because you're the one who's calling and and you've done the work as, that you say so so then i think a stronger case is to be made for you know a, the ship's going down you, you can't swim you can't be a parent but it is preventing you from being a parent in a more effective context which would be with a healthy woman who loves you and is not going to be crazy yeah. Yeah. And people say, you know, of course I say too, having been on the receiving end of this, right, this is, I appreciate the call and, and the trust because people say, oh, yeah, yes, but what about the kids? And it's like, well, yeah, it is, it is a real shame. And so either you can give kids a false version of yourself that's needed to not tell the truth, that needs to not tell the truth for fear of, and for legitimate fear of the mom going ape on you, right? Barely being there, being held back, being under the the wife's thumb, being under the order of of falseness, and it's just it's kind of weird. Then, like you could be around your kids, but you can't be honest with them. You can't tell the truth. You can't be authentic, and so you can't be a connected dad in the way that they need. Like no matter what, I mean, I guess even if there was some miracle that happened and and your ex wife kind of turned around and changed and this and that and the other, well there'd still be a long time to regain any of that kind of trust, right? So if you can't have an honest and natural relationship, and it's not impossible with divorced couples, right? I mean, I know it's hard, but it's 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 not completely impossible for there to be some kind of normality in the parenting that is allowed. But you're not going to have any of that. So your yeah. alternative is to try and go and be a father in a new context over the years it will take to sort of recover from this, or to stick around for the next 20 years not being any kind of real dad to these kids because you can't be honest, you can't be direct, you can't be authentic, and you also have very inconsistent access. And the other thing, too, is that this is, I think, another real issue as well, which I'm sure you've thought about. But if your wife is as cruel as you say that she is, then what's going to happen is the better your relationship with your children, the more she's going to want to mess it up. Yeah. I already see that happening. Right. So in which case, you simply will not be permitted to have a good relationship with your children. That if, I mean, God, heaven forbid, that you're a good, authentic, decent person with the kids, and then they look at her and say, you know, mom is kind of crazy relative to dad, 
And then, you know, that comes up in some conflict. And then what's she going to do? She's going to be like, well, you don't, don't you dare have a better relationship with my children than I do. And she'll work to mess it up. So, I mean, you are in a situation, sadly, you know, she has the power of the state. It's not, it's not her, right? It's the state. And the state, you know, divorce is a government program. Marriage is a government program. And government programs don't, well, they never achieve what they want, right? They achieve the opposite of their stated goals. And so you're, I think your only chance to be a father is to uh, strike out on your own. Yeah. No, I, I, that's kind of the conclusion I've come to, too. Um, and just for the people out there listening to this, this is a terrible system we have. This is a, you, you could not invent a system that would be more harmful to families, mm -hmm. to men, to women. Like your wife obviously, you know, has, has issues and those issues are only inflamed and exacerbated by the power that she wields over you through the state. And yeah. giving anyone that power, male, if, if it was reversed, right? I mean, uh, in the Muslim world, there is, of course, a lot of power that the men have over women and those men abuse that power as well. And this is why a free and voluntary society is the way to go, because nobody can handle power. And, you know, your wife can't handle the power that's been unjustly granted to her by the state. And so, I mean, it is also a bit of a power play to say I'm striking out on my own because if your wife feels you slipping away, so to speak, then she may, uh, she may become more reasonable and maybe that's kind of a pressured thing to happen but you know as you say she can point out these things if she needs to uh, she can sorry she can uh, achieve this this stability if she needs to right yeah so it, it, it may it may be that it is something that brings her uh, more to reason uh, in in a way as well uh, again i'm not saying you would do this as a ploy but it also may have that effect yeah yeah, and I just want to—I just want to agree. Like the, this system that we have, this legal system, is just the worst possible system. It, it's a system that was created really for, you know, the 1500s, where everything was mailed. Like there's there's no reason now that it sh it, it should take so much effort to to file a, a document with another person and, and cost that in, insane amount of money. And these well, it was lawyers, never. It was never. It was always designed to make lawyers money and to uh, to keep ordinary, hardworking, decent people in a state of tension and fear, right? To have yeah. something so expensive and something so lopsided, I mean, it's a, it's a clear weapon of the wealthy against the poor, and it means that uh, poor people live in a state of the worst kind of potential anarchy. Like, anybody who says, well, my heavens, what are we going to do if we don't have a court system? It's like, okay, tell me how I know you've never tried to use the court system, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and, and the lawyers, you know, they all play this game where, you know, we we, we promote mediation and, and um, friendly agreements and stuff like this, but then once you, once you sign on with them, it's all, you, you know, you, it's, just pay, it's just cookie cutter, right? They just follow the same process, they, they, they basically copy and paste, you know, the, the case law is basically all the same. Um, and, and they're just minting money off of the backs of, of people that are, are really suffering um, and, and are really stressed. And it's, it, it is the worst possible system that you can, you can imagine. 
And of course, you're not going to get a huge amount of objective legal advice from people who might be able to buy their next yacht based upon your decision. So, um, although, you know, there definitely are honest lawyers out there. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I've had some of them on the show and, you know, but uh, a lot of times and, and family law seems to be a particularly challenging area to find high integrity lawyers, again, to put it as nicely as I can. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't see any situation wherein you can have a natural and relaxed and authentic and genuine relationship with your kids. I don't see how how that that could occur. And I'm I, like, as I said, I was saying this to Jesse Lee Peterson this morning, like I, I just I'm sick. I can't spend the rest of my life faking things. I, I like I, I can't spend the rest of my life faking things and yeah. pretending things aren't what they are. They are what they are. And yeah. if you can't be yourself, it's probably better to be somewhere else. Yeah, and a shout out to Jesse Lee Peterson too. Um, I discovered him through your show, and and I followed his advice on on forgiving your parents, and um, and that's been just a tremendous um, tremendous difference in my life. Um, you know, the 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 anxiety kind of went away. I think you know, and again, I got this from your show, right? Your your persona is built to large part. How, based on your role models as a child, right? Um, and when that role model is, is causing you all this anxiety and then you're able to overcome it, that a lot of that anxiety just goes away. Um, and, and, you know, so thank you for introducing me to him and shout out to him. Well, I appreciate that. Um, so that's what I wanted to say based upon what you had said. And I just want to close off by, by just giving you massive sympathy for this situation. You're not alone in this. I'm sure you know. I mean, you've, you've probably been on parts of the internet, but this stuff is discussed and uh, it is it is a brutal system for men. And, you know, people say, oh, why do men live less long and why do men more prone to suicide and addiction and so on in some ways? And it's like, well, a lot of it has to do with this terrible, terrible stuff, this crap, this garbage that uh, passes for a legal system. It is uh, a terrible piece of machinery that just catches you, doesn't let you go, doesn't kill you, doesn't, you know, just continues to grind away at you and uh, drain you of, of life. It's not the money particularly, although that's important, but it's the mindset, it's the happiness, it's the sense of control of your own life. It's uh, it's brutal. And uh, I, I just, I massively sympathize with you. Um, I sympathize with your children, of course, and to a, a lesser degree, but still somewhat relevant. I do sympathize with your wife. You know, she had it rough, and she is abusing the power, but that's what kind of what power does to people. And it's hard for us because we're not beautiful women who have a court system and infinite cash, it seems, at our beck and command. It is hard for us to imagine how we would handle that kind of power, but uh, it is, it's brutal. The system is brutal on everyone, and it does tend to bring out the worst of the worst. And uh, I, I can't see how you can, can at all flourish and how your relationship with your children can flourish with this kind of threat hanging over. So I just really wanted to close off by expressing my massive sympathy to to what you've had to go through. Thank you, Stefan. And thank you also for, you know, sharing your experiences with your father also, um, and, and, you know, all the other experiences. That, that's been a tremendous help. I, I think I found your show, you know, when, when I had separated from her. Um, and, and, and like I said, if I didn't, I, I don't know I don't know where I would have ended up. I, I didn't have any kind of useful support around me. Um, and, and so thank you for, for that. You're very welcome. Will you will you keep me posted about how it goes? 
Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate um, that. I appreciate that. Have a great evening, and thanks again for your honesty. It was very, very much appreciated. Thank you, Stefan. Take care.